BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Latin American History Podcast, Episode 80, The Conquest of Peru, Part 9. Over the last few episodes, the Spanish have been performing a balancing act, playing the two Inca factions off against each other, until it became apparent that Atahualpa's loyalists in the north were to be the group which mounted the resistance against their presence. At the end of the last episode, they had managed to defeat that resistance, and now they coexisted with the Cusco faction, led by their puppet emperor, Manco Yupanqui. Now is a good time to reiterate, by the way, something which I believe I brought up at the beginning of the series, but haven't mentioned again since. As that was quite a long time ago, I thought I'd say it again. Using the term Inca to describe the empire and its people is actually incorrect. Inca was the title given to the emperor himself. As outside of academic circles, the word Inca is commonly used to describe the empire as a whole, and for ease of understanding, I've been using it that way. Technically, I should be calling it Tawantin Suyu. Now is a good time to bring this up again, because, upon being made emperor, Manco Yupanqui took the Inca title, and so his name was changed to Manco Inca. This is how most people refer to him, and it's how I will from now on. I wanted to mention it because if you decide that you want to do further reading about the conquest, you might see him referred to as Manco Yupanqui. I wanted to make it clear that they were the same person. Anyway, so the Spanish had removed any resistance to their de facto rule amongst the empire's leadership. And so now they're in a pretty good position. They might have found the arrangement of having a puppet emperor a bit of a pain, and perhaps over time they might gradually reduce his power once their control had been solidified. It wasn't that much of a problem, however. Manco Inca was read the requiremiento, and he agreed to its terms. This formalised the arrangement and made him a vassal of the Spanish king. It would make sense, in my opinion at least, to now take an approach of peaceful consolidation, one in which stability was prioritised and the remaining Inca nobles, to which they had allied themselves, 
were kept happy. On Manco Inca's part, he might have wished to one day cast the Spanish out and restore the empire to its former glory. On the other hand, he might have believed that it was too late for all that. We can never know what he really thought and planned. We do know, however, that it didn't go like that. Soon he and the Inca nobility were out in rebellion against the Spanish. There were most likely macro-scale undercurrents which encouraged this rebellion. The population was reeling from Spanish mistreatment, and as we shall see, they were more than willing to take up arms. Who knows if left to their own devices, if they would have instigated a popular uprising. There was also the fact that with the northern faction defeated, the civil war was now officially over. While it was to their advantage to finally end the fighting, the Spanish now found themselves in a new position, where there was nothing to distract the Inca from looking squarely at them. They may have been exhausted and weakened from years of war, but the Inca were now able to begin the process of reuniting. And of course, for them, surely the ideal aim would have been to get themselves back to where they'd been before the civil war broke out. The two major differences between then and now were that the empire back then had not been in ruins. Fixing this would require a long-term process of rebuilding and consolidating political power. And this ties to the second difference. Before the civil war, there had been no small clique of outsiders trying to wrest that political power away from the emperor and to take it for themselves. Some sort of resistance then may have been inevitable. But who knows? The Spanish might have been able to solidify their control enough to prevent it. They were certainly making rapid progress in that direction. The course of history is often a combination of those larger abstract factors and events that can happen on a personal level to those in important positions. The rebellion might have been largely caused by things that were happening on a societal level, but you can also make an argument that it was triggered in large part by the simple greed and cruelty of just two men. Pizarro's brother Hernando has played a part in the story so far. He looted an important temple a couple of episodes ago, and he was the one who went back to Spain to speak to the king. His other two brothers, however, haven't played much of a part. While the most famous Pizarro, Francisco, was off in Lima, Juan and Gonzalo had been given the job of looking after Manco Inca, presumably to make sure that he was neither left too far alone, where he might get ideas, and to make sure that none of the other Inca nobles had ideas of their own, ones which might involve removing Manco and launching their own bid for power. All the brothers really had to do was relax in their palace and enjoy the riches and comfort that the conquest had brought them. By becoming a vassal of the Spanish king, Manco had given up his ultimate authority, but he'd also made himself a subject, and therefore he and his own subjects, the Inca people, were theoretically protected by the rights which this gave them. These included property rights, but many of the Spanish in Cusco didn't see it that way, and they treated the city's wealth as something which they had the right to take for themselves as victorious soldiers. Juan and Gonzalo had this attitude, 
and they threatened Manco personally, as they demanded gold from him. Much of this gold, of course, came in the form of sacred objects and items of royal power. Taking these robbed Manco and the Inca of more than just the wealth value of the gold. It was the cultural heritage, the symbols of political power, and the things with which they kept up a good relationship with their gods. It's a bit like someone demanding the British crown jewels, or all the fancy cups and candlesticks from the Vatican, and then melting them down. Soon Gonzalo was going after Manco Inca's wife, a woman named Cura Occhio. He demanded that he give her up, something which is offensive at the best of times. But when the highly ritualized rules about the emperor in Inca society are taken into account, it's hard to think of anything Gonzalo could have done which would more strongly force a reaction. Manco tried to offer more gold instead, and then he tried to offer other Inca women. But it seems that Gonzalo was unwilling to compromise. I would like to tell you here what Cura Occhio thought about this situation herself, but in truth she had little power and little opportunity to make her voice heard. We can presume that she was not happy about it, and we do know that her sister wasn't, because according to an account written by Manco Inca's son, Manco tried to fool Gonzalo by presenting him with this sister. She apparently looked similar enough to his wife. He says that she screamed as Gonzalo approached her and tried to take her with him. It wasn't long, however, before he realised what had happened, and he returned to take the real queen away by force. A few days ago, I arrived back in Bogota, Colombia. I'm delighted to be back in Latin America, surrounded by all the sights and sounds I love. It's been a while since I was here, though, and my Spanish has become a little rusty. If you've ever learned a language for a trip abroad, to connect with family and friends, or simply just for the fun of it, you might know what I mean. To help get me back up to scratch, I've been using Rosetta Stone. It's been perfect for this, allowing me to pick up at the level that I'm at, rather than starting from the beginning. And as it's available on both desktop and as an app on my phone, and lessons can be downloaded for use when not connected to the internet, I've been able to make use of time spent on planes and buses. I've already noticed a difference as I engage in conversations with locals and navigate everyday interactions in shops, restaurants and museums. Its true accent speech recognition feature has helped me to perfect my pronunciation and encourage me to think in Spanish as well as just attempting to speak it. Over 30 years, Rosetta Stone has perfected its language learning method to create a program which is immersive, intuitive, and designed to promote long-term retention. It's also great value, with its current half-price membership giving you access to 25 languages for life. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Latin American History Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This was the moment which Mankowinka decided that he would not just be able to ride this out. His authority was decreasing by the day, and this meant that he would soon have to worry about unhappy Inca nobles who thought he was weak, as well as the Pizarro brothers themselves. They were receiving reports about countless similar examples of brutality across the empire. Manco began by calling a secret meeting, which included all the most important nobles, and during which he suggested they organise an army to throw the Spanish out of their empire. Those present were unanimous. They were all fed up of the outsiders, and they enthusiastically endorsed the idea. Manco apparently delivered a stirring speech, which was enough to convince them that he was the man to lead them in this rebellion. He proposed getting started immediately. Instead of working in secret and hoping that this meeting would not be discovered, he left Cusco that very night, and then he went south in the direction of Lake Titicaca. It was a wise move. News of the meeting reached the Pizarro brothers within the day, and when they found out Manco had gone, they went after him. They soon caught up with him and brought him back to Cusco as a prisoner, but they were too late to stop the message of rebellion spreading. The nobles moved out across the empire giving the message to local governors and generals, who then passed it on to the population. With the exception of some non-Quechua indigenous people, who had always resented the Inca, the empire was united in its mission. Soldiers gathered into units, which joined up into larger armies. Ordinary Inca people ambushed individual Spaniards, who had started to colonise the more remote parts of Peru. Juan and Gonzalo Pizarro were forced to spend their time outside of Cusco, travelling from place to place to try and deal with small uprisings. The city was not free of Pizarro's, however, as Hernando arrived to see Manco Inca. While he was by no means an enlightened man, even he was shocked by what his brothers had been up to while unsupervised, and when he found Manco imprisoned, he apologised and ordered him restored to his previous status, politically captive, not physically imprisoned. I'm sure he didn't have much personal pity for Manco, but his preferred strategy for controlling Peru was at least to maintain some sort of illusion of partnership. It just didn't make sense to treat their puppet emperor so badly, 
and the two people with more authority than him knew this too. Francisco had set things up this way for a reason, and he had just presented Manco as a vassal to the Spanish king, not as a prisoner. He no doubt believed that with Manco on side, they could enrich themselves further. It was, though, too late to undo the damage his brothers had done. Manco thanked Hernando for his friendship, but he continued to coordinate the rebellion in secret. When the two younger brothers arrived back in Cusco, they protested, but Hernando outranked them, and Manco retained his puppet status. Within a few months, Manco received word that his army had coalesced, and was not far from Cusco. He needed to get out of the city and to join it. His pretext was the need to perform important ritual ceremonies relating to Huayna Capac. According to Inca tradition, this needed to be done at the site where his body was physically located. It was only 15 miles from Cusco, and of course, he appealed to what he knew motivated Hernando, saying that there were stores of gold and silver nearby which he could bring back. Hernando agreed to let him go, and so with his closest advisers, Manco left the city, and with it Spanish control. He would soon be back, but this time he would be coming as an enemy, leading his army to Cusco and for the Spaniards. Before he returned, however, the Pizarro brothers, realising that he wasn't coming back, sent the bulk of their forces, led by Juan, to find him. When the Inca army reached the city, there were just 196 Spaniards, a small number of African slaves they'd brought with them, and around 500 indigenous allies inside. By the time Juan had realised what was going on and rushed back, the city was already under siege. Manco based himself in a nearby town called Calca, and his army occupied the valley around Cusco. Hernando led a few early cavalry charges out of the city to test them, but he found himself having to retreat each time. Some of Manco's advisers wanted him to attack the city immediately, but as the Inca soldiers were still streaming in, he wanted to wait until they'd all arrived. Once he had over a hundred thousand of them, he made his first attempt to take the city. With the mismatch of numbers, no great tactical plan was needed. They simply surrounded the city and marched forward, driving the Spanish further and further in, until they were trapped around the central square, and the two great stone buildings which stood on two of its sides, and which they had converted into improvised fortresses. As they advanced, the Inca started to set fire to the roofs of the buildings, forcing the Spanish to retreat even quicker. Manco had come to terms with destroying the city in the process of getting the Spanish out. He had witnessed all that had happened since their arrival, and he decided that despite the unequal numbers, he should take no chances. The roof of one of the Spanish fortresses temporarily caught fire, and Hernando decided that however slim it was, the only chance they had was to attack. Taking insane risks and hoping that sheer aggression and bluff would outweigh precariousness was, after all, how the Spanish had won pretty much every gain in the Americas so far. After a day of fighting, when night fell, they had managed to hold on to their small section of the city. At this point, 
the Inca called a halt to things, and they built barricades in the street to keep the Spanish there until morning. When the sun rose, they would resume their attack. You've been listening to the Latin American History Podcast, written and recorded by Max Sargent. For more information, visit the website www.maxargent.com slash the history of Latin America and that's spelled M-A-X-S-E-R-J-E-A-N-T If you have any comments or questions feel free to get in contact at historyoflatinamericapodcast at gmail.com You can also find the Facebook page by searching for the Latin American History Podcast The Twitter handle is at History Latin AM, and if you've liked the show, you can help out by leaving a review on iTunes. Alternatively, if you visit the website, you'll see that each episode is accompanied by relevant photos. Most of these are my own, taken during my time in Latin America. All these photos and more are available to purchase as prints at my Etsy shop. You can find this at www.etsy.com slash photo. That's spelt www.etsy.com slash m-a-x-s-e-r-j-e-a-n-t photo thanks for listening bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.